Hello, Oma and Konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Freeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. I, of course, am talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. The UFC heads north of the border this weekend, coming up, heading to Vancouver for UFC Cowboy Cerrone versus Justin Gaethje. An absolute violence war about to go down in Vancouver. But as you guys know, on this podcast, we will not be talking about the main event. That's right. We're not going to be talking about the main event. For those of you who this is new to, this podcast is fully dedicated to the Curtain Jerkers. We are here only to talk about the prelim portion of the card. And the reason is quite simple. The reason is because you guys probably already have your preconceived notions about what's going to go down in Cerrone versus Gaethje. You've probably listened to some other podcasts that have talked about it. You probably already have opinions and bets down as is. But you probably don't know a lot about the guys fighting on the prelim card. And that's where we're here to help. Because we think there's tons of value in gambling on the early parts of the card. And picking some winners for your daily fantasy as well. And speaking of daily fantasy, I would be remiss if I did not mention that this podcast is exclusively brought to you by BSMMA. BSMMA.com is changing the way we play daily fantasy sports for MMA. They are getting rid of those pesky salary caps that you've always hated. They're getting rid of losing based on the amount of significance. What's a significant strike anyway? They argue about it on every UFC broadcast. Instead, you're just going to pick five winners, five methods, five rounds, and you're going to watch your points rack up from there. And let me tell you something. If you can pick five winners, five methods, and five rounds, you're a pretty smart MMA fan, and you deserve to win. You don't need to get you know beat by somebody who has a couple more significant strikes. Am I right? So if you are still not sold on this new concept... I want you to try out your first game for free. That's right. Your first contest is on the house. Just head on over there. Use the promo code PRELIM15, PRELIM15, and that's going to get you a free contest for a $20 Amazon gift card. Definitely check it out, bsmma.com. And to help you out with those picks over on bsmma.com, I've once again enlisted the help of a savvy co-host. Joining me today from Fansided MMA is Benny Abrigo. Benny, thanks so much for the time. Yeah, thank you. Excited to talk about some of these prelims. All right, and as you guys know, in order to talk about the prelims, we first have to put five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start these prelims by talking about Marcin Tybura versus Augusto Sakai. So, Marcin Tybura, he's just 1-3 in in his last four fights. His only win is a decision win over Stefan Struve. He took losses to Derek Lewis, Shamil Abdurkahimov, and Fabrizio Verdum, who's a pretty big name. Uh, Augusto Sakai, 2-0 since making it into the UFC via the Brazilian Contender Series. He's got wins over Chase Sherman and then that razor-close split decision against Andre Arlovsky. My question for you is a lot of people were real high on Tybura coming here from M1 originally. Uh, you know, he even got the headliner against, uh, you know, Fabrizio Verdum. Do you think we overrated him at the time? And do you think our time of uh, thinking about him as a contender has kind of passed? I do. I mean, that's kind of a, a bummer to say. I do think he was a little bit overrated. Um, and sadly, that's I don't think it has a ton to do with his skills. Because I think especially for a heavyweight, Tybura has a fair amount of skills. Um but his his durability, I think, is becoming more and more of an issue with the the TKO losses to Derek Lewis and Shamil Abdurakimov. Um, and in this matchup, I think he's almost certainly the more skilled all around fighter compared to Augusto Sakai. But you know, durability, I think, is is a huge key, especially at heavyweight. And 
as far as I can tell, Augusto Sakai is extremely durable. I mean, he's huge. He's not the most skilled guy, but uh, he appears to throw his hands with some power and can take a punch. And, I, you know, at heavyweight, that's sometimes all you need. Yeah, and it, it looked like the only thing that really bothered Sakai in that fight with Andre Arlovsky was Andre Arlovsky seems to be doing a, a more of a, a safe approach now that he's been working with Mike Brown. He's picking and moving a little bit more. He's being a little bit more clever, a little bit more quick. Uh, Marcin Tibera is not a quick heavyweight. That, that's not like the first word that comes to mind when thinking of Marcin Tibera. And, and as a result, I, I kind of think Sakai gives him problems here being as durable as he is. Um, here's a follow-up, though. Do you think Tybura can mix up enough grappling to win here? I don't think he has the cardio to do it enough to win. So I think, yes, he, he might shoot for a takedown or at least hold him in the clinch for an extended period of time, but I don't see Tybura being able to do that long enough for it to make a big enough difference. All right, so it sounds like here you're going with Augusto Sakai. Can I ask, what method do you see him winning it with? I'm going to go second round TKO. I think uh, it's it's an active fight. It's not like what we saw with, with Arlovsky. Yeah, I'm going to go with him by, by KO here, too. I, I'm going to go third round just because I think, like you said, Tiberi is going to tire, and he's going to take advantage when that happens. All right, and the second fight we're going to talk about in the first round here is Cole Smith versus Miles John. So, you know, Smith is 1-0 in the UFC. He just beat Mitch Gagnon uh, in his debut in his very first fight. He won by decision. Johns is going to be making his debut. He's 9-0. He made his way to the UFC via the Contender Series win over Richie Santiago, a Northeast favorite. Uh, so here's my question for you. Smith used a, a little bit of wrestling to beat Mitch Gagnon. He used that pressure. He got scored a couple of takedowns. Do you think he has the wrestling to do anything like that to Johns? I do not. Um, Miles Johns is a pretty physical guy with, with great wrestling. Um, and I'm glad that you pointed out Richie Santiago, Northeast favorite. That is uh, a great win for him. I know it was on the contender series, but the fact that Miles Johns was able to control so much of that fight – um, against Richie Santiago, who is a, a very legit fighter, uh, I think bodes well for his future career. And I, I don't see Cole Smith being able to impose his will at all, really, on Miles Johns. Yeah, and I, I know, too, you know, Richie Santiago, not a household name here. And I am a Northeast guy, too, so I, I know him a little bit better. His grappling game is one of the more impressive things about what he does. And not only did he get constantly taken down by Miles John, but I'm pretty sure Miles John said he, he felt his you know, his jaw break or something happened to Richie Santiago's jaw in the middle of the fight. That is an absolute feather in his cap to do that to somebody as tough as Santiago. So, you know, I, I'm with you all the way here. I think Miles John cruises probably by using his wrestling, by using his pressure, by using his forward movement. I don't know if he gets Cole Smith out. I, I'm probably going Miles John by decision. How about you? Yeah, I'm I'm with that as well. Uh, decision win by Miles Johns, mostly just because he doesn't have a ton of finishes on his record so far. Um, I, I I like a decision here. All right, and that does it with the first five minutes of this fight, so to speak. We're gonna kick it over to our sponsors, and we'll be right back with round number two. Look, the best part about watching fights is proving to your friends that you're the knowledgeable friend, right? You're the one who knows things about MMA. And let me tell you something. If you came to this podcast, you're already on the right foot. But a better way to prove it is heading over to bsmma.com and using the create your own contest option. You can create your own contest with a whole bunch of your friends, whether they're with you or whether they're halfway across the country or halfway across the globe. You can set how many friends you want in on your contest. You can set the wager limits. You can also set the payout structure. If you want just the top person to win it all, or you want a couple of people to win it all. 
It is completely customizable and it really makes the BSMMA.com experience awesome. And it makes watching the fights more awesome. So check out the create a contest option. Head on over there now, BSMMA.com. Now, back to the show. And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Andrew Sanchez versus Marvin Vittori. Andrew Sanchez riding a two-fight win streak with decision wins over Marcus Perez and Marc-Andre Berrio. Uh, Marvin Vittori, one and one in his last two. He got a split decision loss to Israel Adesanya in what seems like forever ago. And then a decision win over Cesar Fajeda. So Sanchez won the ultimate fighter at 205 pounds. He's obviously a small 205 pounder at the time. But I can see him having the... I can't correct that. I can't see him having the physicality advantage over Vittori here. What about you, and how do you think that plays into the fight? Yeah, I mean, Vittori is an absolute tank. Um, It's hard to see anybody having a physical advantage over him. Um, And Sanchez, like you said, I mean, that's kind of his game is is to be physical... Um, I've seen him tire, you know, especially in in UFC fights, tire to a degree where it's concerning. Um, and I think that's just going to – that does not play well for him against Marvin Vittori who has skills everywhere. But I think Vittori's biggest skill is that he's a freaking, you know, super, super physical guy. Um, and I think we're just going to see not the most technical fight here, but I think we're going to see two guys that want to be physical – going at each other with the same approach. And I think Vittori is just, he wins that battle 10 times out of 10. Absolutely. And and here's the other thing too about Andrew Sanchez. And I think one of the fights you're referring to there is the Ryan James fight. Cause it looked like he absolutely dominated that until he gassed himself out at a disgusting level. I think if he goes toe to toe with Marvin Vittori trying to grapple, that's going to go bad for him. So unless he finds some like really early success grappling, this winds up being a kickboxing match, and, and for that, Marvin Vittori actually looked decent against Israel Adesanya in a kickboxing match. You know, a match that was largely a kickboxing match. So as a result, like I, I don't see any way Andrew Sanchez wins this without getting some some lucky takedowns or some well chained together takedowns early on, and maybe finishing. But you know, he's not a huge finisher. As a result, I, I'm going Marvin Vittori here by decision, and it sounds like you're similar. Yeah, I actually think Vittori gets him out of there in the first round. I'm not – I'm I've always been critical of Andrew Sanchez, and I think here he's going to get a, a little exposed. All right. Well, there you have it. We're three for three. We've picked the same one, so let's see if we can get one different. We're going to talk about Brad Katona versus Hunter Azure. Katona is another tough winner. He's just one and one since winning the Ultimate Fighter, where he beat Matthew Lopez and lost to Mira Dalashvili. Uh, Hunter Azure making his UFC debut at 7-0. He's one of the people who left the MMA lab to head to Fight Ready MMA. He got to the UFC by beating Chris O'Conn on the Contender Series by decision. So Katona on the Ultimate Fighter looked like a world beater. But he sort of got exposed by like a very superior wrestler in Mira Dalashvili. Valashvili, Jesus. And uh, how close do you think Hunter Azure is to Miram when it comes to wrestling skill? I think he's like surprisingly close. Obviously, in terms of MMA wrestling and MMA experience and, and probably overall skill, Hunter Azure is, is way lower. But I think where it counts, and I, I sound like a broken record just talking about guys' physicality, I think where it counts, Hunter Azure has the advantage here. And I think he's he can honestly do a pretty similar thing to what Mirab did. Um in terms of just pressing forward, uh, 
trying to be suffocating and just generally being the more physical guy in there. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, too. In, in While we're talking about the Davalashvili fight for Brad Katona, you can also look back to his fight with Matthew Lopez, which he won after, right after becoming the ultimate fighter. He beat Matthew Lopez by decision, but Matthew Lopez took him down like four or five times in that fight, and he couldn't keep him down. But, you know, you know Lopez, another college wrestler kind of guy. Azure is a college wrestler kind of guy. I just feel like the, the blueprint has kind of been drawn. Like, this is how you beat Brad Katona. And if Hunter Azure, you know, has all of those coaches down there that Henry Cejudo has and is working with some of the best wrestlers that could possibly be out there, I have a tough time believing he goes for any game plan other than just bull rushing him and getting him out of there. Yeah, I thought we were going to maybe disagree on this one, but I'm I'm with that. I think maybe, though, Brad Katona does fight pretty intelligent. I think if this gets into the third round, you might see Katona start to take over, maybe some iffy scorecards if it, if it goes to a decision. Yeah, I could definitely see that, too, especially because Azure's style is not all that, you know, like pleasing to watch all the time. So I could see some judges not crediting him where he ought to be credited. But ultimately, you know, I think we're going to agree on this one again. I'm going Hunter Azure by decision. That's exactly my pick, yep. Man, that's wild. All right, so I didn't <laughs> think we were going to be different on that one. It looks like we're going to have to wait for round three for some disagreements. And we'll be right back with that round after a short word from our sponsors. Okay, so we talked about how BSMMA.com is simplifying things, right? Five fighters, five rounds, five methods. That's all you got to pick. But I didn't leave out the fact that they do have some small bonuses where you can add some points to your fighters if you know the way that they fight. That's right. If you know your fighter is going to get the job done early, you can slap on the Cinderella boat. It's got to be home by midnight, right? So if they get the fight done in two minutes or less, you rack up a whole bunch of extra points. So if you know your fighter is that kind of fighter, prove it to us. BSMMA.com is all about proving that you know more about how fights are going to go down and who's going to win. So head on over there now. Prove that you're the smart one. Check out all of their contests. BSMMA.com. And we are back with round number three. We got three more fights to talk about in this round. So we're going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this one by talking about Chaz Skelly versus Jordan Griffin. So Chaz Skelly on a two-fight skid. He has not won since February of 2017. He got TKO'd by Jason Knight two fights ago and then subbed by Bobby Moffitt. Uh, Jordan Griffin, 0-1 in the UFC. He's got a decision loss to Dan Ige. So... Skelly was really pissed off after that submission loss to Bobby Moffat, saying he wasn't out. He's been talking about it a lot in interviews lately. How do you think he rebounds from that? Well, I think talking about it in interviews recently is not the best sign. But I do think Chaz Skelly is a is a better fighter than what we've seen lately. I know he has a tendency to kind of let himself get in bad positions. And he, he kind of fights like he is a better wrestler and grappler than I think he is. Um, that said, though... You know, he has skills everywhere. I think he's in a position to bounce back. I think he's a better fighter than what we've seen recently. Um, and I think he can give he can give Jordan Griffin trouble here, even though Griffin, you know, obviously has a, a bunch of submission wins, is a good grappler himself. I think Skelly generally is it's a dogfight that Skelly wins. Yeah, I, I like Skelly in transitions, but my worry here, too, is that Skelly is the type of person who is so willing to grapple that sometimes he just lets the grappling happen. Like, he gets 
He lets the entry happen to the takedown. He winds up against the cage. He likes the scramble. And as a result, it winds up looking really bad on the judges' scorecard. So unless he gets him out of there, I worry in this case about how a decision looks if it gets to decision. Like you said, they're, they're two extremely talented grapplers. You know, uh, Griffin's got a ton of submissions. Skelly's got a ton of submissions. Do you think Skelly has the advantage when it comes to if this was a pure grappling match? Uh, that's hard to say. I think I think definitely pure. I would say pure grappling. I think Skelly certainly has the advantage. However, MMA grappling, like kind of what we're talking about now, Skelly has a tendency to let himself get into trouble. So I think it's much closer there. I do think this will be a scramble heavy kind of fast paced fight. Interesting. Interesting. So I, I think we might have different answers on this one. I'm going to ask you first, who do you got and how do you got him? Yeah, I got Skelly by by a fun decision here. All right, and I'm going to go with Jordan Griffin also by fun decision. So we are going to disagree on this one, but I'm going to say fun decision if you enjoy watching a uh, scramble grappling match, which I do, but you know maybe not all of our viewers. <laughs> so uh, for the next fight, we're going to talk about Lewis Smolka versus Ryan McDonald. Smolka, one and one since he returned to the UFC. He beat... Sue Maderji, and he lost to Matt Schnell. Both submissions, one win, one loss. McDonald's 0-1 in the UFC. He lost to Chris Gutierrez by decision. I've always been a fan of Lewis Smolka and how creative he is, but do you think that he's sometimes too creative for his own good? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm a guy, when Lewis Smolka made his UFC debut, I was convinced legitimately he was going to be a flyweight champion. Um, He lets himself get into all kinds of trouble. That's basically his grappling style. Sometimes it feels like is to give up his back or to give up a bad position and work from there. Um, but that said, you know, I think he has, it's the, the book has been written more or less on how to beat him. Um, and I don't think Ryan McDonald has the tools to do that. Ryan McDonald just seems big to me and not particularly much else. Um, I think Smolka obviously fights at an insane pace, even if that means giving up terrible positions. Um, so I like Smolka here. I, you know, I think he's a better fighter than his record indicates, even though he kind of makes some some boneheaded decisions at times. I 100% agree on the boneheaded decisions part. but And I like him here. You know, you said he's bigger. I, I like him here to throw, like, a lot of kicks, like weird side kicks, like, you know, calf kicks, you know, like weird crap like that all the time in the fight because he loves, like, just, like, adding a new wrinkle at random points. But I also think he gets the finish here against Ryan McDonald. Uh, probably fairly early, too, because I, I just don't see Ryan McDonald as the type of person who can survive his submission attempts or who might just get knocked out by him. So uh, I guess my official pick would be Smolka by submission. How do you got him winning? Uh, I'm going to say Smolka by decision, um, but I think he controls most of the fight, especially on the map. All right, and that gives us one more fight to talk about, and that's Kyle Prepelec versus Austin Hubbard. Uh, Prepelec 0-1 in the UFC with a decision loss to Noreen Taleb. Austin Hubbard 0-1 in the UFC with a decision loss to Davi Ramos. Both pretty legit guys. So the back is clearly against the wall for both of these two. Not a ton of chances when you're 0-2, especially at welterweight. Who do you like here to get into the winning column? I like Austin Hubbard. Pretty highly touted prospect coming out of LFA. Good power, good, great camp. Um, I think he's just kind of better everywhere, and I think overall he's the better athlete. Prepolek is really just kind of a meat and potatoes type of guy um, that I see as like a high-level regional fighter. I think Austin Hubbard has a long UFC career ahead of him. Yeah, and, and certainly, too, in having the fight he had with Davi Ramos, there, there's not a lot of shame in the way he lost to Davi Ramos, whereas Prepolek showed some holes against Nordin Taleb, who... 
you know, by no means has been a world beater lately. So, yeah, I agree with you on that one. I'm going to go Hubbard. Uh, I think I'm going to go knockout. I'm going to say late knockout for Austin Hubbard. How about you? I'm with that. I, I like a third-round knockout from Austin Hubbard. All right, and that is all seven of the prelims on this UFC in Vancouver card. Uh, Benny, thanks so much for stopping by and talking about the prelims with me. My pleasure. Always, always fun.